Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Welcome to the Shovel Pass Podcast. We are back for Season 2. This is the first episode for the upcoming 2022 NFL season. As always, I'm sitting here with my good buddies, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, ready to chop it up about uh, all things football. So, how are you, fellas? Good to see you. I'm uh, excited to get back to it. Happy to be back. Thank you, boys. Um, Okay, so it's been... (laughs) It's been a fun off season. Eventful is putting it mildly. We uh, some time ago we talked about a few of the major deals, but we've seen lots of movement. We've seen franchise quarterbacks change teams. We've seen franchise receivers change teams. We've seen trades demanded and granted. We've seen trades demanded and not granted. We've seen the league be dominated by what's going on in Cleveland. And that's probably not going to let up at all this season. It's going to be the topic of the season, all season, unfortunately. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, so I'll say this. We're going to get in, in the next few weeks, we're going to get into some divisional previews. We're going to do our predictions um, for who finishes where, what the record's going to be, all of that kind of stuff. So let's not get into the weeds this week about really team-specific stuff, but we got lots we can talk about. So where do we want to start this? I mean, if we want to take a little stab at the offseason, and as always, there's some really big contracts that got signed, some of them very deserving, some of them not so deserving, Inevitably, there's going to be contracts that look great at the end of the season, and there's going to be more than a couple that look like massive mistakes and sunk costs. So, which contract, I'll just throw this out there, which contract is going to be the best contract? Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner? You think so? Wags. Bad one. Okay. I like him. I think he... I think he got the value that he deserves. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas wasn't willing to give him uh, what, what he was worth, but um, I, I think he's worth every penny that they're going to pay him, and and I think that's a huge addition uh, to their team. Uh, it's, I think that's a very good signing. I really wanted him to be a Cowboy this year. I think he was pretty interested in being a Cowboy, and unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the two just weren't meant to be, so... The one time Jerry didn't want to drop a bag of money for an aging veteran. Uh, I don't know. Steven has had some influence there and uh, they, they have not, I don't think they've made a signing over like $6 million a year in the last two years. Kind of funny when you got to bring your son in to be the adult in the room. 
Yeah, yeah well, unfortunately, it's swung the other the way, and <laughs> and both of them are are a little bit extreme. And um, I don't know where that leaves Dallas in the next few years, but uh, you got to be able to take your shot a little bit. And the Rams, uh, although not a model for everyone to follow to success, uh, I do feel like you, you got to know when to take your shot. And Dallas has some really big talent on their team right now that if they don't take that shot, are they going to have it in another two years or three years? Yeah, but Jerry's been taking his shot every year, basically since he's owned the team. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Somewhere between is the right with way. Your money or you're not responsible with your money. And honestly, the Rams credit where credit's due. They made the right moves and they won a Super Bowl last year. But a lot of people were questioning those moves the last two, Absolutely. three years when they happened. This could have gone very differently for the Rams because it worked out. They're geniuses. But I don't think that necessarily means that Jerry should have been dumping money at everybody's feet. And, and yeah. I, I actually appreciate the responsible way that Dallas is conducting business. <laughs> In the last little while, it might have been a bit of an overcorrection to your point, Will. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Um, I do think, you know, Bobby Wagner in a Cowboys uniform uh, would have been um, a good signing. Whether he's worth the money is where I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm not did. sure. He's he's not young. Um, but I do love it when a, a division rival snipes somebody like that. And he suits up in the the enemy's colors. That's that's just that's always fun to watch. It's just just juicy. <laughs> I mean, definitely. Like Nick, he he'd be he'd be awesome with the star on his helmet. Only if only because I'd love to see what him and Micah Parsons could do as a tandem. Yeah, exactly. Because imagine like because with with Parsons, like you could slide him out at edge, even though he's honestly like a really thumper of an inside backer. Anyways, if you have Bobby Wagner patrolling the middle. You could really slide in Bobby Parsons as a hybrid everywhere, and you really Absolutely. don't know where he's coming from. That said. I love the financial flexibility the Rams keep showing. I don't understand how they managed to simultaneously get the best defensive player of the last five years uh, uh, overall, but also the best D lineman, the best corner of the last five years, and the best linebacker of the last five years all in the same defense. Like I don't understand how they do that. And then to your point, Willie, the Cowboys somehow can't su- sign a player more than $6 million a season. Bill Belichick is giving he's, – he's making our tight ends wide receivers. I think that that was the sixth highest or the, uh, paid in the NFL – and we produce like some middle of the pack numbers. I don't understand how we overpay and Will's team underpays. Meanwhile, the Rams somehow get three of the best players at each position group on defense of the past half decade and still make it work. So honestly, well, great point. My my player to watch is Christian Kirk more as a troll. But <laughs> that would anything was more because like if Christian Kirk, I'm think I was thinking return on investment. He's of all the of all the big receivers who got a giant payday this this uh, off season. I think he's like 18. He's only uh, 18 mil a season, which looks like it was going to be a bargain three years from now when everyone else gets paid. Oh, come so on. It, when no. everyone, else gets, <laughs> everyone else gets paid after him and the average receiver is making 22 mil a year, if Christian Kirk's your number one can take Trevor Lawrence uh, and at least produce 1,100 bucks or 1,100 yards a year, that's a good return on investment for the money you're getting. I'm thinking long term here. But Willie, Bobby Wagner, I think definitely is the best player that you'd want this offseason. They didn't even get him for see, that much. See, I, I was going to give the worst return on investment being whatever they've paid Trent Baalke. 
I mean, <laughs> that works. Um, I, 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 you're right in terms of if Christian Kirk turns into a true bona fide number one receiver superstar, then he probably outperforms his contract. But that's a big ask. And I don't know that he's shown that he can be that guy yet. So it's a, it's a big gamble. And I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. See, here's the thing for me with, with Kirk. He was a third receiver in Arizona. He was a good third receiver, but he was a third receiver. I, I, he hasn't shown me anything that says he's worth that much money. So I, I, I have a hard time with it. And in year one, his cap hit seven and a half million, but then his cap hit for the next three years until 2025 is 21 and a half million dollars. Yeah. 21 and a half. So if he doesn't live up to his contract, which is distinctly possible. um, And I, I don't say that with, with like blaming it all on Kirk, but Trevor Lawrence is a second year quarterback. So you know, we'll see how much he develops or how good he gets in the next couple of years. But that is going to have something to do with how well Kirk progresses over the next couple of years. All, all I'm saying with Kirk is that when the offseason started and he was the first wide receiver to get paid, I thought the Jaguars were crazy. And when everyone else got paid after him and like kind of reset the market over and over and over again, you had that, that class of DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and uh, Deontay Johnson, I think each getting, what was it, roughly 20 mil a season. So it's like you're, you're getting, and granted, they've done more than Christian Kirk has in the league for sure. But like, <laughs> Again, like you're thinking, Christian Kirk statistically has been ascending. This past season, he was sniffing 1,000 yards. Like he's been getting better, and he's now going to have a chance to be featured in offense, going to run through him. I think, again, like as far as value in the long term, you consider that you potentially got a wide receiver one. This is Duval of all places. They do not have high standards for offensive weapons over there. So if he's, if he's their wide receiver one for the next two, three seasons, and you're paying him at like the 17th, 15th highest at his position, that's not a bad spot to be. If, so if, yeah. Again, if that's the it. 17th highest in – so here, you you hit it nail on the head. He's been sniffing 1,000 yards. How do you pay a guy $21.5 million? Amari Cooper just got cut for doing sniffing, just that. For sniffing 1,000 yards. <laughs> I, I Listen, I love the take, Phil, okay? That, that's exactly what I was looking for with this question. Somebody coming with something like off the wall, like – Nobody expects that Kirk is going to be the best contract this offseason. That's been like universally panned. When he, at, but that was before blamed. I started signing off, which is why the worst contract <laughs> of the offseason is Tyree Kill. And it's the same thing in the inverse. Same thing in the inverse. Oh. Because now, like, think about what you have to give up for Tyree Kill before you made him the richest receiver in the NFL. You have to give five draft picks to get him. And then you had to reset the market and make, them high, make him the highest paid receiver in history. So in that case, it's like, okay, so. If this doesn't work with Tua, then how do you restock? Because you're only going to get Tyreek Hill in two, three years. He's only going to lose a, a step, like a few steps of his speed. So at, by the end of his contract, it's not going to be Tyreek Hill that you send the start of it. So he's going to start descending in the next few years anyways. He's going to lose a few steps. All of a sudden, the deep ball is already not on the option anyways because Tua can't hit it. But then what happens this offseason is to spend now, you, you have no ammo uh, draft picks wise to go get a quarterback and you have limited cap space for agency to pursue one too. So in my head, it's like, all right, when the two experiment fails this season, you're now stuck with a shiny new Ferrari and nobody with a license to drive it. Nah, so fair enough. Okay. I mean, I don't hate that one. I, 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 I'm not the biggest Tyreek fan. I don't think he's the best receiver in the league. 
I think they gave up too much to get him, and I don't think he is going to single-handedly turn he's around a the rapidly, He's a rapidly-appreciating asset with a quarterback that you don't even know can maximize that wealth you have him. I've been seeing clips coming out of training camp, and Tua has been bombing it over people's heads. So I can also just, get on that stuff they use on an iPhone <laughs> and like really make sure that when I launch a ball five yards in the air, it looks like it went to Tyreek Hill. I can <laughs> Anyways, we'll see. We will see how this turns out. But um, oh, and that, sorry, the, the last thing on Christian Kirk. That's the other thing that that the off season has basically told us that because he was the first one to sign, he reset the market. That nobody else would have gotten the money they were going to get, except Christian Kirk, being that the half C that he is, <laughs> the number three receiver that he is, got eighteen mil, and then everybody was like, "Whoa, okay, well we're he's getting eighteen that. mil." Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. All right, wow, that was that was a great start. Well done, guys. Um, I'm trying to think of the other contracts. There, there's some other big ones. I honestly, I mean, the Von Miller one was an aggressive move. I think the Bills, to your point about taking your shot, will the Bills are taking their shot. They went yes. after Von Miller because they need some pass rush. They're going to try and work him in, and and hopefully he's on a pitch count so that he doesn't, you know that there's not expectations there for him to uh, to play every snap all season. And then they, you know, he's not there when they need him in the playoffs. I don't know whether I like it. It seems destined to not pan out, but the money's worth it. If you win a Super Bowl. that's sort of the argument, right? It's, it's almost it like his stats is. don't matter. If they position him correctly, for the run to the Super Bowl in the playoffs, and he produces in the same atmosphere as what he did last season, then his contract was worth it. Even if it is multi-year and a whole lot of guaranteed money. It's kind of like the money is no object if you win the Super Bowl. But if you don't win the Super Bowl, I think everybody's going to have something to say about that contract. So it's all, it's always that like hindsight analysis. Um, and and it's unavoidable because winning a Super Bowl requires so many uh, intangible variables that by its very nature, you win one and all of the decisions that you've made leading up to this look good. You know, Well, exactly. We saw it with the Rams. They made all sorts of aggressive moves that people kind of looked sideways at them like, oh, what? How are well, you going to manage that cap in a couple of years? The difference. Hey, hey people, people yeah. are praising the Bengals for their approach to just not protecting Joe Burrow and letting right. him do his thing. Right. And I'm sorry, but that's not a successful <laughs> strategy that just happened to work out. Yeah. <laughs> I think the difference in that case, at least with the Rams, is the second time we mentioned it, in their case, the reason it's different is like because people can chirp their strategy of like shedding draft picks. They don't give a shit about it. I think what was it? Jared Goff was the last first round pick they had or something like that. Was it this that? But like the thing with them is at least that like they have a track record of changing identities kind of drastically, but then still having success. Like 2018, they were very much a run first team behind Todd Gurley. Remember him? Because I don't like Todd Gurley as kind of the power of that back to back offensive player of the year. Todd Gurley powering that kind of like that engine, and then all of a sudden they're in a Super Bowl. Two years later, they're knocking the door again, and then rather three seasons later, they're back in it, and they won the damn thing, and they look completely different, right? So at least in their case, like they seem to be the one team that can take that approach, kind of blow everything up, sign whoever they want, and kind of like fit pieces. Like Al Robinson, honestly, you could have made an argument as the other 
uh, best offseason acquisition because like yeah, I really like that one. Cup. And obviously yeah. being gigantic beside Cooper Cup, he's like inarguably an upgrade over OBJ at this point. So it's like and he and that's even like not assuming you don't get OBJ back too. So I think on on their team like they got they're like they're well positioned to shed identities every season. But that's why I'm always excited to see like well, what the hell is Les need up to. <laughs> what's where are they gonna go like yeah i wish they like I, i'm sure guys and uh i'm sure you're wishing uh what's his name john lynch is a little more like less so <laughs> a little with well, one interesting thing i'd like to mention which is you know we talked about uh players switching teams and or not switching teams but getting a new contract right rogers was potential to switch teams and he didn't he signed a massive deal in green bay russell wilson got traded but he hasn't signed a new contract with denver correct me if i'm wrong there i don't believe he has so he's got two years left on his contract, which puts him in an interesting position. He's with a new team, a quarterback who's just changed teams. He's learning a new system, playing in a new division, in a division that is highly competitive, to put it lightly. This season is kind of important for Russ Wilson and his contract situation because if he puts up a good season, they're going to likely want to sign him or he's going to want a new contract next season. But it also, I wonder, does this change how the, the Broncos see Russell Wilson? They traded an, enough draft capital to get him. I don't think they're going to be in a position where they're wondering whether they keep him long-term. I think they kind of need to. I think they're, I, I think they're hoping that he's Peyton Manning plus. Like, he's their second, like, the Broncos are his right. second act. But he finishes and he finishes career there. But that second act is eight seasons long, not four, right? So I think they make an investment right. to keep him around long term and add years on his deal. I actually like the move on Russ's part to not renegotiate a deal this season because the quarterback like yearly salary is only going to go higher once Justin Herbert gets paid, Lamar Jackson gets paid, eventually Joe Burrow gets paid. Like once all these young guys who are on the dock get paid, it's only get more expensive. So weirdly enough, Russell Wilson being team friendly now might kind of hurt the Broncos in the future. It might, but it might not. Yeah. Like, and, and okay, how likely is it? Let's put it this way. Well, I'll ask the question. How likely is it that Russ Wilson does not have a spectacular season this year? I think very unlikely. Okay. I mean, he's a new team, a new new system, new the receivers. Engine. He'll make it work. He's a, yeah? he's, he's a catalyst. Okay. He's, a, he's a spark plug. He's going to make it work. <laughs> okay. Because if he doesn't, then he's in the position of, yeah, all these other guys just signed deals. But he's 34 years old, and his, he had a down season with a new team. Like, is he going to get a massive contract to stay there? My guess is he probably does. All right? I think he's built up enough of a resume over the years, and he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, which goes a long way, let's be honest, whether or not it was in the last five years. He probably gets a massive deal. But it's not the ideal position for a player wanting to get a new contract to be on a new team and a new system with new players and new coaches, you know, new city. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with him because uh, Denver seemed surprisingly dangerous at times last year, considering they had really nothing to speak of at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't really feel like, uh, Teddy B and and Drew Locke no. were no. Uh, bona fide uh, starter material in that really competitive division, but 
Broncos were actually competitive in a good number of games. I think they have a pretty good team, so this should be interesting. Like, I think Russ didn't have a very good team in Seattle last season. No, he didn't. And he had an aging coach that was kind of just like another aging coach on the other coast, maybe stagnating a little bit too much, maybe resting on the success he had a little while ago. So, yeah, I think... uh, Yeah, I mean, we we said this in in an episode a couple months ago when the the season ended and, and Russ got traded. It was a massive mistake for the, the Seahawks to trade him. I don't know why you keep Pete Carroll and trade Russ Wilson. That just seems stupid. Mathematically, Pete Carroll he and should have been John fired. Schneider. Yeah. I, it, honestly, it it really even in spite of their success, um, and, and bringing a Super Bowl to Seattle, I I'm surprised that they still have jobs. Yeah, and and not because they're terrible at their jobs. It's just it's time to move on. Like like you said. It's they've run their course. It's time to move on. Yeah, new blood, new system. I feel like there needs to be a philosophy change. Yeah, in Seattle, I don't feel like their offensive philosophy is is geared towards the next kind of phase of the NFL. I think that needs to be rethought, and Mm -hmm. I don't know whether Pete Keller Carroll's in the mindset to rethink his. He might not be that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's only seventy years young. Okay, (laughs) let's move on. Um, what? Well, let's let's make this a quick answer, guys. But what are you most excited for this season? Ooh, I got a. Um, what what are you thinking? Well, I, I got a good one in my in my back pocket here. Micah Parsons, year two. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, year one was fucking awesome. So I I don't know where it's gonna go from here, but um, I'm really excited. I I love his energy, even on social media, and like what he has to say about uh, Base of the uh, franchise becoming the best and, and his energy is really exciting. Um, I, I can't wait to see what he does with his career and, and started off hot with year two. Right there with you, Willie. I actually think Micah Parsons has a great chance to be the first uh, defensive player to win rookie of the defense rookie of the year and then depoy the next season. After I think Luke Keithley was the last guy to do it, I think Mike has got a real good chance for the next guy to do it because he's a fucking freak. <laughs> and I can't wait to see, like, <laughs> bend does. corners and then just, like, off the edge, but then also come with a five, six-yard start off the line of scrimmage and blow up a guard. Like, it's just, it's so fun. It's so I fun think if he play. wants to go deep away this year, he's going to have to do it a little bit differently than some other guys. He'd I don't think he's, he's not going to do the TJ Watt thing with 20 sacks. No, he's, he's not going to. No. He's not going to get the 150 tackles like Keekly. He's going to have to be. A lot the, of everything. Yeah, he's going to have to be the six or seven sack guy and the six or seven pick guy and a couple touchdowns and some fumble recoveries and tackles behind the line. Like he's going to happen to make all sorts of splash plays all over the field. And that that's I I I see that as his sort of ticket to to going getting in deep. And I feel like that's kind of he might set the stage kind of in a way for like what the new linebacker can kind of look like. Like it used to kind of be very like at least when like when I remember when Luke Keekley got into the league and there's that trend towards like slightly smaller, rangier linebackers go side to side, that you didn't have a lot of them who could come down with heat the way that, you know, uh, Michael yeah. Parsons can, right? Like, who can yeah. who can pass rush like an elite edge defender, right? So I think that's where it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of like how he changes that position as like a weird hybrid, like kind of like a better jewel, like a, what's his name, Jimmy Collins? Like, that's kind of what he reminds me of. He's Jimmy Collins, but with way better football instinct. So it's like, and it just put all the raw athleticism. So I'm really kind of excited to see what they do with him and what Dan Quinn kind of does. Yeah. He's TJ Watt off the edge, and he's Fred Warner 
moving back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, I, I have all the respect for both those guys, and maybe maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe it's not. I don't of course know, it but, is, but that's fun anyways. And he hits like Ray Lewis. So there you go. Pretty good. <laughs> but Parsons has all the potential <laughs> in the world, and I just don't know um, whether he'll have the opportunity to focus and hone his skills in pass coverage the way Fred Warner has or focus in on pass rushing the way TJ Watt has. So whether he gets as good as those guys – in their specialization, I'm not sure, but I think he has the potential. He could do any of it if they just set him to that task. Yeah. So hopefully they don't ruin him by just trying to spread him too thin. But anyways, Phil, that's honestly why I was looking forward to Bobby Wagner because I felt like it would free up part of those duties for Parsons to focus elsewhere. Yeah. But yeah. weirdly enough, he can make more of an impact. He can be kind of like a Troy Polamalu in like your linebacking crew instead. Like that's kind of how I look at him right now. So yeah, I mean, make more of an impact by having less guys to step in. Like maybe that's the best way to use him, right? But I think for me, like what I'm really pumped for this season, and as much as it pains me to say, it looks like it really is finally Tommy's last ride. Um, and I think that's kind of where I'm excited for because I knew this day would come one day. I'm happy it's happened. As a man, I've already kind of mourned the loss of my childhood a while ago. So <laughs> this is kind of like the last domino to fall. But um, I think the way that this offseason has been for Tommy, that kind of awkwardness around his retirement, and now recently, too, like the whole he was being tampered with, but then also maybe he was actively tampering and maybe himself in a sense. Like, And as a Patriots fan, too, that kills me. But I think in 2019, he was having talks with the fucking Dolphins. <laughs> he was having talks with the fucking Dolphins about, like, I get you want to be an owner, but like you want to play quarterback for the Dolphins, they're not gonna. You're their quarterback. You're still not gonna win anything. Like you're not gonna win that division with, with Josh Allen at quarterback. No way. Like the, the fucking Dolphins, dude. Like that was the part that killed me. I'm like, so I'm curious to see how he does and what motivation he has to play because he's always had such a fire under him. But this season, it's like, all right, you have no Gronk, and now you've had the clunkiest offseason you've ever had as a quarterback. How motivated are you to play? And how riled up can you get the Bucks? Because I really have no idea like what you're going to pull out of your hat. So I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to see how this final season goes because I think we can all agree this is this is the last ride. Well, and didn't didn't Mike Evans just get injured for the first part of the season? And he's got a offensive lineman that went down the yeah. season center. Like, yeah, their offense is maybe a bit banged up over last year. Um, a little Maybe. different story than last season. Last season, we felt like the Bucks were only coming into the season stronger than they left it. That's true. Whereas this year, it definitely feels like they've lost some pieces. They How feel they a little like that. that, like that cartoon boat where where it's springing a leak here and there. These little leaks, and you're yeah. like plugging them with your fingers, and you don't have enough fingers and. <laughs> That's you know, how well they hold that together for the season is is going to be interesting. I mean, they do have Tom Brady. Yeah, so that that was one of the things on my mind was, is this the last year for Tom Brady, finally? He's always said he wanted to play till 45. Well, he's 45, 45. and he's going to play. I, I have a hard time seeing him stretching this thing out for another couple of years or another few years or whatever. I've I've heard people, I think, saying in uh you know with a, a hint of sarcasm that he plans to play till 50 but 
but I, I really can't see that happening. It does feel kind of like the last season, the last run for him. And how successful that run is, I don't know. You know, there are those that like to see players, great players, go out on top as this kind of romantic riding off into the sunset after you win it all. But in reality, who wants to do that? If you're that good, you don't leave when you're on top because you're still great and you you can still do it at the highest level. Of so what? you come back to do it again. And at some point, you can't do it again. And that's usually when they walk away. So I don't know. He should have gotten the MVP last year. Right there with you. He can still do it. He's still that great. But at some point, you know, how many times are you going to come back before it just it, it goes up in flames? And I, hopefully that isn't the case this season. I don't think he's going to have a terrible season. But, uh, yeah, it, they, they certainly don't feel like the contenders they were last season. And, and that's where kind of like I'm looking at it too, where it's like, I think that the way this season ends for the Bucks, it's it's not dissimilar to how last season's ended, or like it's going to be, I think, an early playoff exit, and they kind of he, they lose a great team that kind of just overpowers them, because uh, if you know, and so like I think last season at least it was maybe a little better time to walk off because that really felt like he went out swinging, he gave it a fight. His last touchdown was such, well, his last pass was that beautiful touchdown burning Jalen Ramsey to Mike Evans. So like. He went out swinging, so I think that like poetically would have been the nicest like way to end short of a Super Bowl. Um, but I think this year, like he might end. That's probably like the way his career ends. Like I, I don't think, to your point, like the, the, there's too many holes in this pirate ship. There's and, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's only got seven rings. Like he can't plug all the holes with his seven rings. So it's like no, no, it's, it's exactly. Too, it's too much to ask to go to go into. You know, I mean, granted, the only thing they have going for them is that the NFC's weak this year. But I still think the Rams have a great chance to kind of run away with it. But like if he if they lose early early exit, like it, it'll just kind of be a quiet walk in the sunset. I think he's definitely earned that little walk in the sunset. As, as long as he goes out, this is my only request: is that the last play of the season he doesn't throw a pick six. Oh, that's he can't do that. That's how his pages career ended. Okay. It was I know, I know, and it looked like his career was over at that point. And if he had walked out, if he had said, "I'm hanging it up after that," it would have been a, a it would have devastated you know, more than just the Patriots fan base. It would have devastated the, the league. Yeah. So as long as he doesn't throw a pick or a pick six on his last throw ever, um, I'll be happy. Okay, let's let's move on to some other stuff. Let's these okay, we're gonna go through some stuff and it's gonna be kind of quick answers for for a little bit here. Um let's not get too uh verbose, shall we friends? Which okay. team this season is gonna surprise us? Uh this one I've been harp I've been banging the drum uh, all off season. It's the Raiders. Uh, I think Josh Daniels keeps it fresh. I think the fact that they've had, I think honestly, the most ability, like more or less, with, amongst all the teams that con- in that division, at least, like I think that what I like what they've done the most. I like Devonte Adams. I think sparks that offense in a way no addition any other team has made this far. Kind of changes their team. So the Raiders, I'm picking, are going to be not just uh, make the playoff field, but win the AFC West. And that's my prediction there. Okay. All right. All right. Will. Uh, Off the. I crowd. don't know. You don't have to put a lot of thought into this. Is there a team that stands out to you that that you think is going to surprise a few people? Jets. Jets. Really? (laughs) Jets. Okay. Yes and no. Um, I think they will surprise a few people who think that they're hot garbage and will surprise a few people who think that, uh, you know, 
'90s boy band there is is going to uh, win them the Super Bowl or something because genuinely I've seen people throwing that out into the the Twitterverse and it's insane. Oh. There there is nothing oh. cogent about that thought. Zach Morris, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, the Jets I think are going to take a nice step forward. I think they're going to su- surprise some people with how competitive they can be in certain games. Uh, right. Ultimately, I don't expect them to see them in the playoffs. So, okay, fair enough. That's I like thought. that. I don't mind that. Um, all right, my I think uh, I mean there's there's a couple of of fun ones. Uh, I think the uh, the Texans are going to surprise a couple people. I like that one. I, I think that division too. is is ripe for. A surprise! Indianapolis has switched quarterbacks again. Um, they they were a good team last year, but they were kind of hot and cold. You really don't know what you're going to get week to week. Um, Jacksonville again, they were terrible last season. I expect them to be better this season, but in all honesty, they're not going to be top of the division, so they're not exactly lighting the world on fire. And then Tennessee, I, I could see Tennessee taking a step back. I don't think Tennessee is going to be as strong as they were last season. So, you know, yeah, I think Houston's in a in a in a spot there where they could surprise a few people. They're uh, they're not the um, the hot story of the off season for being the uh, the worst managed team and the worst team in the league. So, <laughs> anyways, That's we'll something. see how that goes. And here here's one for you, Will. The Giants are going to surprise a couple people. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I actually, they they will surprise Giants fans who think that they're going to be good this year. That is who they will surprise by finding a new depth of hell that they can take them to. No, Danny so, Dimes, Danny Dimes. I actually, I I genuinely think again, honestly, not that dissimilar from the Jets. They will take a step forward. I do think they have better people and better coaching and better management uh, moving into the future. But I just don't think they're there yet. Okay, I, I so think... one more quick question, rapid fire: Is Danny Dimes does uh, does he have a, a career does, as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Oh, I'm happy you qualified because I was going to say yes, he has a career as a starting quarterback. No, yes. <laughs> okay. so, so, you, so you think this is the the end for him? This is the last season he gets to start in the NFL, and then he's going to be a career backup somewhere. I think by Thanksgiving we'll yeah. know he's their starter long term. I think maybe the Maras might insist. That they give him a proper like uh, a shot all season long, barring you know more of those uh, performances where he fumbles over his own feet or maybe throws the ball into the field himself. And oh come on, that's not fair. He ran he ran sixty five yards before he tripped. Like yeah, but he's <laughs> it was a pretty it was an epic gain. He but gained still, a lot of yards. Like it was an still, epic run. That's not and, and Leon Lett had a fantastic play before he dropped the ball in front exactly. of the end zone. Exactly. So it I doesn't think, count. I think, I think he has a great – unless he's catastrophic, I think he has a great chance of playing the whole season as their starter. But I also think that, like, I think there's a good chance that we know, I think, seven or eight weeks of the season that if, if uh, Brian Dable sold long-term. And I, don't okay. think, I don't think he will be. All right. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Let's, let's, do, let's do a couple of over-unders here. Um, how over under for Von Miller? How many sacks does he get this year? Nine, over on Ooh. nine. That's my that's my that's where, that's my line You're right putting there. Putting the over under at nine. Okay. Yes. All right. Will seven. Yeah. All right. I I I feel yeah I'm feeling a little 
closer to seven seems right. Nine seems a little ambitious there, Phil, but okay, TJ. Coming off a season where he, he hit the 20-sack mark, so what's, what's his over-under? 17? Sack a game. No, come 13. on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm down there. I'm down there around thirteen. I like I like that. I number. just think it's really difficult to replicate yeah. anything close to that production. I think thirteen is a fantastic year yeah. by any pass rusher, and and I think that's what he follows it up with. All right. Um, we're ganging up on you here, Phil. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady touchdown passes. Ooh. Um... I'm going to go with 40. He's had 40 the last two seasons, basically on the dog. I'm going to go with 40 again. Okay, I'm saying 34. 38. All right. Just to be different. <laughs> uh, number of games before the first head coach gets oh, fired. That's a fun one because we, we have to play who's on the hot seat. That's a fun one. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, honestly, like – I'm going to say probably seven or eight because I can also see a future in which Mike McCarthy's Cowboys are just choking really hard because they got no number one wide receiver and Zeke is ancient, even though he's, I think, my age. So, like, I mean, yeah, 26 is pretty old. But, so I think I could see is I could see a world in which Mike McCarthy's seat starts to get a little warm. Um, who else? Damn. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'll probably put it at seven or eight games. Seven or eight games. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't, I think it's higher than that. I don't think we're seeing coaches get fired in the first seven or eight games this season. I think it's, I don't know. We might go the whole season without anybody getting fired. That's kind of where I was at. I, 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 I can't think of any team where it seems like the coach is on a, on a really hot seat, but Seattle, maybe you think, you think they, they, or are they fireman season? Are they they'd committed to Carroll after they they got rid of their quarterback to keep him? They they'd walk him out the way they'd like retire him the way the Giants retired Coughlin. That's that's how Carroll's story in Seattle ends. Although realistically, he kind of runs that franchise. So yeah. like, I don't really know how that one ends. But yeah, yeah, no, I I, I think we might go the whole season without anybody getting fired. But we'll see. The, Maybe the that's ones a hot take. the ones that I could see getting on the hot seat quick is uh carolina oh Matt maybe Rowe. sure maybe that, that one i think i mean i'm hoping for the best from baker mayfield i i think he's that. a big upgrade there and and i think yeah, but rules only had one season hasn't he or has no, he been there too this is third this he's is his third quarterbacks he's had teddy bridgewater he's had and uh, a few other guys his first year then he's had his handpick, Sam Darnold, and then a, a whole other rotation of guys too, a whole harem of quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, Cam Newton. I don't know. Yeah, well, Rule over overachieved his first season with Teddy B. And then oh. last season, it looked like a carousel of dog shit. So, I, yeah, he might be. I have a hard time believing they're going to fire him before the end of the season, but I could be wrong. If Baker Mayfield either tanks or doesn't see five games before getting seriously injured. I, I could see him getting a real hot seat real quick. Mm, okay. All right. Not finding a solution at quarterback is a recipe to get fired in the NFL. And unfortunately he hasn't proven that he can. 
So yeah. with, especially with three with like three different opening or a day quarterbacks and multiple kind of guys you're running out, you're proving you can't live with anybody. <laughs> and granted, you aren't having a lot of good people to work with, but you're okay. still showing it's like your common denominator. <laughs> so a big impact on all of this for Rule is Christian McCaffrey. How many games do you think he misses this season to injury? Ooh, I'm putting that at probably ten. Honestly, like I feel like that's, that's the over under. That's, uh, <laughs> that's <Jeez. your> <laughs> like I'm setting like I'm anticipating like I'm anticipating he'll be back for a game then off three back a game off four back a game off one like that kind of stuff I don't yeah, think I, I'm putting it at seven I was gonna say six that's I... like aggressive enough for me I don't know man I just he feels so, like like two seasons ago he missed three games last season I think it was seven like he's kind of had like it's just these seem to keep piling up, and like it's not like they have like Dante who they have a backfield Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Like it's not like they have you know absolute scrubs behind them and stuff. Like true, uh, was it, uh, was it to be fair? Sorry, what what did you what was your take, Phil? How many games? Twelve, uh, like ten, you know, like <laughs> ten. Okay, so he hasn't played ten games in the last two years. No, like, I know. I know he yeah. hasn't. He's know. only played ten games in the last two years combined. Oh my goodness! Really? Yeah, he played seven games last year and three games the year before. Yeah. So he missed eleven games last season. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think ten for him is very like I don't. Oh, and these are that's that's like, brutal. Yeah. He's, okay. He's a, he's a volume back anyway, so it's like again, like I think he's going to be like I'm not surprised if they if he's off the field. And I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, because I'm blank on the name. I'm pretty sure it's Shuba Hubbard. Whoever was backing him up last year yeah. was doing a real good job yeah. spelling Chris McCaffrey. So it's like you can just roll with hotter, younger. Right? We've seen that happen time and time again, right? Like the Rams can't, like seem to find anyone they find seems to work well in that backfield, right? So it's like, we, I mean, and Chris McCaffrey realistically is just the today's Todd Gurley. Like he's in, in a season. Nah, from- nah, he's Reggie Bush, man. Well, I mean, he's still, Reggie Bush. He's just he's not built to to take that beating, and and now that was Todd. It that's the kind of guys like they're high volume guys. They're they're going to be like next season. Chris McCaffrey will probably still be on the Panthers in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. He'll be on a, on another team. Twenty twenty five, he'll be out of the league. Like that's mm, probably how, that's how his career. Depressing. Is. That's that's the cycle of of running <laughs> They tend to flame out, unfortunately. Yeah. Like it, gone are the days of the AP and Frank Gore, where you see. You know, guys kind of like last forever, which is fun for us as guys who've been around ball for a while. But oh, Phil, those days were not guys that last forever. There was just two guys that lasted forever. Everybody else ran through in like three or four years. I'm just saying, like kids these days, like you. I mean, look at look at Dallas's roller coaster of running backs. Right there was, uh, I mean, Marion the Barbarian. I mean, he didn't. He lasted a couple seasons. He was hot. Rest in peace. Right. Um, Chris Johnson in Tennessee, he had a couple of really hot years, and then he kind of petered out and bounced around the league for for a while. Um, who was the other running back that, that won the rushing title in Dallas? Felix Jones, didn't he? No, 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 no. Murray. Murray, Marco Murray. Murray, right? Yeah. He had a great, amazing season in Dallas, took some big money in Philly, and then didn't really do anything the rest of his career. Had a few more years, and he was done. Anyways, all right, a couple more. Trayvon Diggs, interceptions, how many? Ooh. Well, yeah, you know what? Well, you go first. Let's see how outlandish you, the Cowboys homers I'm going to say the over-under on him this season is um, five. Eight. Well, <laughs> I was going to say that seven. I honestly think seven is pretty reachable for him. He seems to have an act of – here's the thing. He, he'll give up seven 
picks. He'll get seven picks, but then probably get seven touchdowns doing it too. So like, it's not like he will like uh, he will like that. He gets that storyline was so overrated last I'm year. Just okay, saying. guys, we're not <laughs> breaking all of this. Down. <laughs> so yeah, seven. <laughs> That's her. I'd take that. That's aggressive. J.C. Jackson. I think he Same gets five. question. I think he gets five. I think that's I think the over under. I think he gets five. I think he was a great ball hawk in New England, and I loved watching him get it for us. I think the scheme really helped. I think one thing that Bill's been great at—he's not been a great talent value in his career, but honestly, what he's always done—great his entire career since even back in uh, Cleveland right. days—is the best of his secondary specifically. I think he's going to do—he's—he's—he's going to miss out on having Bill Belichick. No, well, that's it. That's it. New system. Is he going to be able to replicate that success in a He'll system that picks. may not take advantage of his? Uh, yeah, he only had seven last year. Seven's a good yeah, it's a good amount, but like it's 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 Just, one of those things where it's like if he plays more zone defense, it's not really his thing. So Yeah, I but think I don't know. San Diego has a really nice defense. With yeah. A lot of people. And that pass rush is gonna be uh spicy. They got some great pass rush. He's got some safety help. Uh okay. Yeah, I, I like five. Five sounds nice. Five yeah, five's a nice like round that. number. Um, Khalil Mack, do you think what's his sack number this year in, in Chargers Blue? Eight. Eight feels about right. I don't know, uh, man. Like, I don't know. I'm gonna what go did six. he have last year? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't believe in Khalil Mack still. It's just that I don't know. I, I kind of don't believe in Khalil Mack to be dominant still. I guess I think that's kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I think I, like, I think playing with Joey Bosa will help him. I think yeah. like if you put if I put the overrunner at eight, I think he can certainly get past that. But like I don't think hard that, to get eight sacks though, man. It hard is. But, I mean, working with Joey Bosa makes it a lot easier. But then again, Joey Bosa's coming off injuries too, so who knows what he's getting? But then again, also you got you know uh, what's his name, uh, J.C. Jackson in the backfield and Derwin James. So it's like you. It's not like it's not like he has to do all the heavy lifting like he did in Chicago, right? So at least then yeah. he could. Maybe pop, he could pop off in a Von Miller type role. I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. But like over the course of a season, more than eight sacks, maybe not. Maybe who knows? I I kind of feel like his win rate might actually go up, but his sacks may not in San Diego. Yeah, I just in that. terms of like how they're using him, he's not the only guy. He's not the key guy, even pass rushing yeah. because you got Bosa. Uh, He's going to be pilfering sacks from. They're going to be sort of like cannibalizing each other a little bit. A little bit on numbers, ultimately production. I think they'll team up quite nicely. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think six is good. And I mean, last year he only played seven games. He got six sacks. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. So maybe yeah, I'm going to look impressive. foolish. I'm going to look <laughs> foolish for that one, but it, it's definitely attainable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd put the over under at six for me. Oh okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all I got here, guys. Without diving into like another half hour conversation, when our time has run out, I think we, we had some fun today. And uh, let's get ready for next week where we do some uh, divisional breakdowns and predictions. So, do we have any. Should we strong... start high or start low? Well, yeah. So, do we have any. Str- <laughs> are there any strong feelings in the room about which divisions we should start with? I wouldn't mind tackling the south of either conference. I feel like that's the shittest division overall for each. <laughs> so right. I feel like we let's get the boring stuff out of the way as we approach the, the regular season stuff picks up again. 
We'll we'll leave the West. The West is the West is the last. Yeah, the West is the last for both. NFC and AFC West are the very last. We it was last year, and it's yeah. Okay, that's the best divisions again this year. So okay, all right. So the South. So we're gonna do uh, AFC NFC South. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, that works for me. Do it. That works for me. That's that's some uh, that's some bottom feeding right there. Oh, it's (laughs) awful. Sorry. Apologies in advance to all the fans of those teams because there's not going to be a lot of nice things to say about them. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Thank you, fellas. It's been fun, and uh, I can't wait to do it again next week. Take care. Cheers, guys. Take care.